Hi, everybody, and welcome back. It's me again, John Maloney, and I'm here with my dear friend and the second best podcaster I know, besides me. (laughs) You say your name? Great. Alexander Holland. And if you are just joining us for the first time, maybe you've rolled over onto your phone and it's somehow come onto our (laughs) podcast, or you've trodden on it. You're in luck because this is a little podcast we do. It's called Don't Praise the Machine, and you've tuned ah. in for episode number 125. We get a lot of we get a lot of rollover listeners. We yeah. get so many people that have trodden on their device. <laughs> we get so many emails yeah. that say, I interacted with my device in an unintended way, yeah. and it just happened to land went, boop, on boop, your boop, podcast. Boop, boop. Exactly. And now my life is now my life is changed. <laughs> I've stopped going to all Disney movies hmm. and I'm much happier for it. And I know not to ask people about their job when I talk to them. <laughs> uh, addicted to gush buzz videos on YouTube, a whole bunch of ways in which we augment people's lives. So we're and very grateful thank for, us that. for it. Yeah. And they want to thank us for it. So our uh, last week we talked about I just wanted to start with a bit of the old audience allyship. We haven't used that term on the show in a while, but I think we, it continues to be one of our core values on Don't Praise the Machine. (laughs) Uh, First of all, for anyone who did roll over or tread on the phone, um, the main thing we do here, and we cover a few different topics, but I guess if I could describe the show uh, in two words, and perhaps episode 125 is an opportune time to do that, it's really about holding space and we yes. like to hold space for whatever schblags may come up and just give them the time and attention that they need. So settle in, remember that, remember that your space is held, feel that this is a held <laughs> space you're in for the next 40 minutes and we're going to do a few schblags for you. Um, I just wanted to start though by acknowledging some of the very welcome feedback we had on last week's episode, which was a deep dive into the subject of celebrity DJs. And, um, Mm. and, uh, we have a listener whose name is Dan Maloney, uh, but, uh, he's not my brother. My brother's name is also Dan Maloney, but we have two Dan Maloney's and one, uh, is new to the show and he, uh, came to me very soon after it had aired last week with some interesting feedback. One piece of feedback, which I wasn't aware of, but you might be, is this, that there was a Netflix show uh, called Turn Up Charlie, where Idris Elba, who we talked about briefly on the show last week, aka Stringer Bell, who's made a bit of a name for himself as a celebrity DJer, he, um, he plays a UK DJ trying to relaunch his career in the show Turn Up Charlie. So it's a kind of um, art imitating life. Art imitating life. Yeah. And uh, Dan says it's a medium level of unwatchable. Uh, and so <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you who can tolerate that level of unwatchable, please have a look. He also mentioned, which was something that I 
suddenly realised when he mentioned it that we that we could have cottoned on to a very different kind of celebrity DJ who is uh, David Solomon, or as he used to go by, DJ D-Sol, who's the yeah. global CEO of uh, Warm and Fuzzy <laughs> Investment Bank, yeah, Goldman I Sachs. Sh- your brother Tom also wrote to us on yeah. uh, the Instagram account and mentioned this fellow too. Yeah, and Dan says, he's currently under siege professionally and there is a rich vein of commentary about how being a DJ is not a suitable hobby for a senior investment banker. Uh, <laughs> so it's interesting. I want, And he changed his name, I noticed, from uh, DJ D-Sol to uh, David Solomon. That's now his DJ name, DJ Dave, oh, David okay. Solomon. Maybe people thought like it's a bit sort of lame and on the nose for you to be doing like a kind of hip-hoppy abbreviation of your name. So he went, fine, I'll just call myself David Solomon. <laughs> But, or also uh, maybe people people thought it was a bit lame that he was suggesting that he had a soul. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's um, not really what the board, what the yeah. stock, the shareholders want to hear. No, they said we don't. That's that's going to. It's not be, good for the bottom line. That's going to be a weakness in your position. As that's a, starting to feel like compassion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, so he's a he's an interesting addition to the list. I don't know how much it costs to. I guess one of the benefits of working. <laughs> For Goldman Sachs is every time you have a Christmas party, you don't have to book a DJ. You just get DJ D sold to get on there. Um, oh, I'm just imagining. I'm just imagining. I'm imagining that Simpsons episode, the Halloween episode where Bart gets to control the whole world and everybody has to just obey him, or he turns them into like a Jack in the Box, or yeah. does something else horrible because everybody has to obey his every will. And I'm just imagining that a Goldman Sachs Christmas party is all these people with these fake grins just pretending <laughs> to enjoy dancing to yeah. DJ D. So, isn't this excellent? He's such <laughs> yeah. a good DJ. Yeah, exactly. He's going, Goldman Sachs. I want to make partner so bad. I better do the Macarena. Yeah, that's right. And another longtime listener, Harley, sent me an article simply called, it was from the New Zealand Herald, and it said, Donald Trump p- played DJ set after historic arraignment, which I think speaks for itself. So um, it's a crazy world, the world of celebrity DJs, particularly mogul celebrities, I guess. That's where it reaches a kind of absurd, uh, it's a little absurd rabbit hole of the broader celebrity DJ genre. Yeah, I I don't remember Trump ever playing anything in his rallies. Maybe he, does, maybe he occasionally does play things that are good. I'm not, there's not, there, who performed at his fucking uh, inauguration? It was like one band agreed mm. to, to, it's not Third Eye Blind. It's the, <laughs> the people who did, it's that band that did Superman. Oh, really? Crypt, Kryptonite? What were they called? I'm looking them up mm. now. Kryptonite. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to, I'm going to look up Kryptonite inauguration are going to be my two search terms. We'll see what comes up. Three Doors Down performed Kryptonite at Donald Trump's inauguration. There we go. Wow. Just remind us. <laughs> Three Doors Down. How's that go again? It goes, uh, you can call me crazy, but I'll still be your Superman. Oh, yeah. And I'll go crazy, then will you be there holding my hand? With my superhuman kryptonite. Yeah. That's fairly kind of, that's sort of a bit. If I go crazy, then will you still call me Superman? That's a, well, yeah. I mean, that's a very, a very pertinent question for Donald Trump's presidency. 
It's kind of a downbeat or troubling song for an inauguration. It's normally like, you know, don't stop thinking about tomorrow or whatever. But yeah. uh, he's just like, look, um, are you going to still be loyal to me if when I go a bit nuts? Uh, which yeah, is a, which I is, mean, that's it's pure Trump. Mm, exactly. He's all loyalty. Yeah. So thank you very much to our loyal listeners for coming in with some celebrity DJ double takes. John, I was checking out my favorite social media apps in the week. I must have been on either, must have been Instagram that I was on and I saw a cute little video of a father and his daughter. And I liked the video, so I clicked on their profile to see some other videos that they'd posted. Mm -hmm. And one of him was was doing a, a day together with his young daughter and he had soundtracked the video with a song that I found instantly recognizable, but I hadn't heard it for a few years, and I noticed that it was a sped-up version of a song that I must have heard about six years ago, mm-hmm. and I was really enjoying it. It was the first time that I'd heard the sped-up version of this song, and I thought, man, I quite liked this song when it came out in the original, and I think I'm enjoying this sped-up version even more. <laughs> now, the song that I heard was called Chasing Highs, and it's okay. by Finnish singer-songwriter Alma, and it was released in 2017. Okay. I'm just going to send you, John, I'm going to send you the original, mm. and then I'm going to send you the sped-up version just so that you can yeah. hear... Actually, maybe the first thing I'll do is I'll send you the sped-up version so okay. you can just hear what I hear. I want to yeah. be able to play this to the audience. Mm-hmm. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to sing it a little bit so people okay, can... Great. I'll play you the bit, and then I'll sing the bit oh, to the audience yeah, okay. so we don't get flagged for copyright. Sure, yeah. I was chasing highs, then I fell you you are getting closer in slow motion. Okay, great. So <clears throat> so that's Chasing Highs by yep. Alma, the sped up version. I'm looking right now on YouTube and the sped up version on YouTube has 1.3 million listens. You'll also take note that that's been posted on the official Alma YouTube channel. So that's right. not okay. like... Uh, so it's she's a, claiming all the money from the sped up version as well. Not, she should. It's just yeah, her song. Sure. Sped up. Um, but it made me think when I heard that song and I was enjoying the sped up version, it made me think, man, I should really talk about the sped up version phenomenon that has just taken over the world in the last, I'd say, three years, mm-hmm. really. And so I started having a little bit of a look into it because I thought I would talk about why these sped up versions are so popular on TikTok and things. And I ended up down a deep, deep rabbit hole that I didn't expect to be down. I didn't expect to understand that the genesis of the sped up version was a bit more interesting than I had had thought. So Hmm. I was reading a little bit about the sped up versions, John. So I was asking you, now you're not necessarily spending hours and hours a day on TikTok deep in in the TikTok trends. So you're saying, you were telling me that you're not that familiar. So you you just heard the song Alma Chasing Highs sped up. Mm -hmm. But you were saying you're not as familiar with these sped up versions being a thing on social media. 
Yeah, I guess I guess I've certainly heard them sporadically, but I'm not as familiar as uh, a more avid TikToker would be that that with the fact that that's become a trend. Um, and it makes me think of the last time I was listening to music because I was young and cool. The trend was very much about slowing down your classic yes. hits. Uh, yeah. Okay. So you're familiar with the slowdown. We'll mm, get to that. Mm. Yeah. So I first started noticing this, I guess, on TikTok a mm-hmm. few years ago that there were hyper TikTok videos with the sped up chipmunk versions of songs that I recognized. Yeah. And I thought that's a cool, interesting, that, that's a cool little interesting way to reinterpret these, these older songs, or even mm. some of them are quite recent pop songs, actually. Um, and it's, gotten to the point now where what started on TikTok apparently as just these sped up versions being released by users who would make them. Yeah. Now it's become so big that now the record labels themselves are releasing sped up versions alongside the real Mm, versions. So for example, I saw the other day like a scissor song that had come out quite recently. Yeah. Uh, When I Googled this, when I Spotified the song, like the second version of it that came up was the official sped up version. So the record company <laughs> wow. had just put out the original and then yeah. a, a version that was like 150 times as fast pitched wow. up like a chipmunk. So you could mm. choose either one of them. Um, so that was either a thing that was that kids were already doing to that scissor song or the record companies just get ahead of it and know that somebody's yeah, going to speed okay. it up. Yep. And so they want to make sure that they're getting the the streaming bucks if kids are, mm. are clicking on it. Um, apparently <laughs> now something that started off on TikTok with users doing it, um, now the record companies even release sped up versions under fake pseudonyms that have the kind of uh, cool kid mystique to them. Wow. But they, are ju- they are just the record labels themselves. So, so like, there's one- like fake- bootlegs kind of fake bootlegs yeah Mm. so there's one particular artist um on spotify called sped up nightcore okay uh but sped up nightcore is just universal music releasing these things as sped up releasing their own catalog (sighs) as sped up nightcore and sped up nightcore is one of the top 300 artists on spotify the platform with over 16 million listeners per month is sped up nightcore, which is just okay. like universal putting out their own artists. Um, but a yeah, classic, I mean, some of you, can I just say a classic Al Splag is a Splag where you think you're being presented with a choice, but actually it's a highly engineered, uh, <laughs> exactly. bit of, bit of capitalist footwork. <laughs> behind it you think you think that you're getting an authentic expression of grassroots culture but <laughs> yeah. hang on a second you think you think that it's the poor kid in the favela who's made this song <laughs> yeah, trying exactly. to express themselves exactly but oh no no that'd be too good yeah and then you go it's, oh suddenly i feel like just a cool glass of milk yeah and they go yeah of <laughs> course you of course you fucking do mate <laughs> um so about th- about three years, John, I'm going to send you another song because yep. you, again, John, you're like, I'm not really that familiar with this kind of sped up thing. No, I'm not. So I reckon you're probably, are more, I reckon you're probably more f- familiar with it than you think and you just wouldn't even realize. Mm. So, John, I'm going to send you a song from uh, 
And our younger listeners out there will know this one for sure. In mm-hmm. fact, lots of people, lots of people will know this one. And this is the uh, 19-year-old, I think he was 19 at the time. I think he's probably 22 now. Right. Uh, but at the time, 19-year-old Kazakhstani Ooh. artist on social media called Iman Beck, who sped up the artist St. John's Roses okay. into a big old hit. So I'm going to send you this, John, and then you're going to go, ah, oh, yeah. And also, uh, yeah, so check this. And for anyone playing at home to avoid copyright, I'll just sing this for you. And I'll pitch my own voice up so it sounds a bit more like the Imam Beck version. I walked in the corner with the body screaming Zolo. Never sold a bag but looked like Pablo in a photo. This gon' make him feel the way like Tony killed Manolo. You already know. You already know. Not that It's not ringing a bell. I mean, it sounds it sounds kind of, you know, it's not breaking new ground, but it's it's catchy, <laughs> and uh, it's given me a, it's given me a little feeling like maybe I could watch listen to it in the background of a meme or a yeah or a stream that has one point eight billion streams. Holy on shit! Spotify that wow. particular track, and and it was originally a song by R and B singer songwriter Saint John. Uh-huh. Uh And that guy took it, sped it up, remixed it, and then mm. it became a global phenomenon. Mm. And so I was thinking, man, all this speed up thing—it's coming from TikTok. And so I started googling a bit more. Uh, and there's a really interesting New York Times article from a couple of years ago that says that the genre of what you might know out there as the sped up version yeah. was originally was originally called nightcore and is almost oh. they're cla- they're claiming that it's about two decades old and it's this huh. really interesting really interesting story that apparently in 2002 there were two Norwegian school students named yeah. Thomas Nilsson and oh, and oh I'm going to pronounce this wrong Olaya Oala Sonderholm mm-hmm. they were a high school students in Norway and they were asked to make a piece of music for a high school assignment and they were inspired by this song from German happy hardcore pop act Scooter which is called Nessia Right. This is also for anybody out there. This is the opening song to the Bruno movie. If anybody's seen Bruno, the Sasha Baron Cohen film, oh. when the film begins, the the title sequence uh, has this song on it because it so typifies a kind of European cheeseball music that they chose <laughs> it as the intro to the Bruno movie. I love that. So these two young Norwegian high school students were inspired by that particular song and also the song of ha- the style of happy hardcore that they were into, which I'll okay, get to yeah. also yep. in a minute. And so they made an original song in the style of that Nasaja around mm-hmm. 2002, submitted it to their tutor. He was like, yeah, this is fine, whatever, you get a C. Mm. And then they said, oh, can we, we'll make a whole album and submit that. So they made a whole album of original songs mm. and they just pitched their own vocals up to sound chipmunky. Apparently they ended up getting an, they get, they got an A in their yeah. high school project. Yeah. And so what they did then was they thought, well, you know, we've put a lot of work into this. We'll burn it to CD and we'll give it to our friends and family. So they mm-hmm. burnt a whole bunch of copies of the album. <laughs> right. 
and they named the album, I guess they wrote it on text or maybe made some of those classic Burn CDs, Mm. crappy printed labels. Mm. And the... Album was called Energized, but importantly, right. they called they called themselves Nightcore. Okay, they hand they hand the CDs out, and then they yep. don't think anything of it for ten years. <laughs> then ten years later, so let's mm. say 20, 2012, mm. one of them goes on file sharing music piracy platform LimeWire yeah. and thinks to themselves, "I wonder if any of those CDs that we handed out ended up on LimeWire." Huh. So he searches. Night, he searches Nightcore, and yeah. sure enough, a whole bunch of his original songs start coming up in LimeWire, wow. and he's like, "Holy shit! Somebody has not only shared it to LimeWire, but it looks mm. like loads of people have downloaded it and <laughs> wow. enjoyed it." Yeah. So then, after that, he says to himself, "Mate, I wonder if anybody's uploaded it to YouTube." Mm. So he goes onto YouTube and puts in. Nightcore, yeah. and he's shocked to find that not only are there original songs on YouTube, but there are thousands of other tracks wow. that are clearly inspired by mm. that style and then remixed, usually with the name Nightcore Remix in the title. Oh, so wow. he comes to discover that this thing that him and his friend <laughs> made 10 years earlier yeah. has basically inspired an entire genre of homemade remixes where people wow. then speed up other songs. Yeah. Uh, and apparently a lot of the tracks at the time of these Nightcore YouTube remixes had anime visuals in them, mm-hmm. which I'm assuming then bled into uh, what another genre that I'm very familiar with, which is Vaporwave, mm. uh, which is what you were mentioning earlier, John. Vaporwave features songs that are slowed down mm-hmm, typically mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. to give them a kind of weird druggy <clears throat> yeah, kind yeah. of feeling. And that's its own aesthetic look as well, which was also very big some years ago, another online music uh, remixing genre. Gone. And we're talking about the, you said 20 odd years ago when they first put this album together or this CD. Yeah, n- the Nightcore album, yeah. Okay. And then between then and, you know, maybe the sort of early 2010s, it sort of, it, it germinated into a genre. On YouTube, yeah. Wow, there you go. And is one of the reasons, because I'm imagining one of the reasons that sped up music has kind of taken off is because of the speed at which people consume information through things like TikTok, right? They're all very, you want a kind of a certain energy, a certain tempo to go along with highly compressed selective visuals that you're getting. Exactly. You're wanting, I mean, if you think about the fact that especially, especially, still to this day, but especially when TikTok started, it was all about short videos. So if Mm. you think about the structure, if you think about the structure of a pop song, if you think, okay, well, there's a verse, a chorus, and you think Mm. about the amount of time that it might take for you to ingest the verse and the chorus, if you speed it up Mm. by a hundred, if you, if you make it 150% fast, then suddenly you're able to cram all that flavor in, in a much shorter amount of time. So people get the little verse to chorus catharsis in a matter of seconds, right? Exactly. Yeah. And there Mm. is something about that chip monkiness that also 
lends itself to a kind of fun frivolity. You mm. can take a song that might have had a bit of a serious, even sad feeling to it, and as soon as you pitch yeah. it up, it's happy and fun. I mean, nobody's playing nobody's playing sped up nightcore versions at granddad's funeral. You know, it's not appropriate to have. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, night, nightcore starts popping off on YouTube in the late aughts, early uh, part of the 2010s. Mm. And then anybody who's familiar with the music label PC Music, as I was at the time, which spawned artists like Danny L. Hall and Sophie, that was like a whole music label that right. was inspired by nightcore and that wow. became a huge thing of these of these artists making these original songs mostly mm. with sped up chip monkey hyper pop vocals hmm. uh then all of this nightcore came onto tiktok and mm. basically got caught up the sped up version now you've got major labels making sped up versions and i just wanted to mention as well that for kids that are probably 20 years younger than us, they probably remember their nightcore youth on YouTube thinking that that mm. was the start of all this sped up music. But I remember, I, I mean, the first time I was hearing these sped up versions on TikTok, the first thing I thought of was happy hardcore music from mm. the early right. 90s, which came from the UK breakbeat hardcore rave scene and from Belgium and Germany, particularly the Netherlands where... Techno producers would just take pop songs and they would take the hook from a pop song, speed up the vocal to fit the tempo of the rave song and it would give it hmm. this chip monkey feeling. You remember, John, you remember Forever Young by Interactive, mm, for course. example. Forever Young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was, a, that was very influenced by happy huh, hardcore there you go. music. And of course, the grandfathers of Nightcore, Alvin and the Chipmunks. We've got we to... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. If you want to take it before Happy Hardcore, <laughs> then you want to be talking about Alvin Simon Theodore. Yeah, just <laughs> just kind of like just like wholesome mums and dads and kids sitting around having a laugh at the fact that chipmunks might be singing a rock song. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and there is one particular song that uses this sped up version or slowed down version alongside the original that I think for me, it was the first time that I had heard a sped up song and the slowed down version in the exact same track. Now there's a song that I really like that's uh, really big on Spotify yeah, and TikTok and everywhere. I'm, I'm assuming our, a lot of our younger listeners will know this song. It's a song by an artist called Ecstasy mm -hmm. and the song is called I Walk This Earth All By Myself. And this is quite a recent song. And I think Ecstasy, he was already aware that there would be this sped up, slowed down thing. So mm. the song itself that he made is the original. It's quite fast. Mm. And so then I think, I'm assuming that he just decided that what he would do is just put a tiny bit of the song as a slowed down version, mm. like a slowed and reverbed version at the end of the actual song itself. So that if you were on social media, mm. instead of you, instead of you like going away and making a slowed and reverbed version for which he's not going to get any fucking credit or yeah. plays. He's basically put the slowed down version in the song itself. So hoping oh. I think that users would just use his version and just skip <laughs> to the end of the song where he's. Yeah. Put the, uh... Okay. Oh, that's interesting. But 
The first time that I heard that ecstasy song with the slowed down version, the thing that it reminded me of was the one song that I can remember that had a slowed down version and a sped up version. And I remember kind of enjoying the sped up bit of the song more Mm. and thinking, I wonder why they did this. Mm. And I only found out why they did it almost 30 years later. Mm. Um, So I'm going to, and that song, John, is Spaceman by UK artist Babylon Zoo. yeah. We're talking about Spaceman. Is that yeah. the one? I always wanted you to go. I see. Okay. Yeah. And it actually ends with that as well. So for all our younger listeners out there, our, our some of the, our listeners that are around our age and a little bit older will certainly remember Spaceman by mm. UK artist Babylon Zoo from 1996, What Goes Like You Sung, John. Yeah. Spaceman, I always wanted you to go into Spaceman, into nice. galactic cries. Mm. But Spaceman started off with a sped up chipmunky version at the start of the three and a half minute pop song. And then mm-hmm. it ends, and then it slows right down. And then it's the normal speed for the song, the mm. two minutes. And then right at the end, it speeds up again. And yeah. I always liked the sped up bits at the at the front and the start of that track. And I always wondered why it did that. And the reason is, is that because before that song was released, they sent out, the record company like sent out a promotional version of the single. So I mm. guess like record companies and people that made advertisements and shit to get them excited about the Babylon Zoo new artist that was coming out. And they had included a remix by American producer... Arthur Baker and what Arthur Baker had done in his remix of the original was he'd basically, I'm sure he'd been inspired by the happy hardcore that was around in 96. He made like a sped up kind of breakbeat version, which is essentially what you're hearing at the start of that Babylon Zoo song is you're hearing the Arthur Baker remix. Mm. And then what happened was that before the Babylon Zoo version, the original at the normal speed got released, yeah. Levi's bought the Arthur Baker. They licensed the Arthur Baker version <laughs> wow. with a huge leap for this huge Levi's campaign yeah. um, that was everywhere in the UK with this, uh, like, it's kind of set on, like, an alien planet mm. and this uh, alien woman comes down and she's still sexy wearing Levi's and the Arthur Baker version plays. And so everybody in the UK was like, what is this cool song that we all love? Mm. And then the record company was like, fuck, we need to release this song, but that's not the version we're supposed to, we're supposed to be pushing this Babylon Zoo guy. Yeah. He probably doesn't want us to be putting out the normal slowed version. So I guess the compromise was what we'll do is we'll put out a version that just has a little bit of that bit that everybody knows at the start and a little bit at the end <laughs> and then the normal version in the middle of the song That's and it was still a huge hit internationally then, all over the world. And that way nobody then, will like it. <laughs> that way will ruin it for everybody. So that is why there's that weird sped up bit at the beginning and, and the end of that song is because in the UK everybody knew the sped up version from the hmm. Levi's ad and the compromise was, okay, we'll just jam them both together the slowed down version of that song the version uh of it i really love as well so yeah yeah, just that's a little bit of like kids out there check out spaceman by babylon zoo if you really want this a real foundation level night core sped up version Mm. you're gonna want to have a listen to the arthur baker remix of spaceman by babylon zoo check out that levi's commercial check out the original and why don't you dip your why don't you dip your ears back into some happy hardcore music from the early 90s? Why don't you listen to Interactive's version of Forever Young? You're going to have such a great time. <laughs> and <laughs> can I can you, I just quickly ask you? Sure. 
is the is the song Cheerleader by Omi sped up in the classic version that I would have heard? Because that's another one where I heard the original and thought, yeah. this is a bit crappy and downbeat. So what have I been listening to? And it turns out it's the Felix Jain version. Yeah, Jahin. Jahin. Yeah, who became a, I think he's, he's German, Felix. Uh, I don't know how okay. that surname is spelt. But mm. my guess that what happened with that version, you're, it's not sped up, John, in terms of pitch. It right. might be sped up in terms of tempo. I've not heard the yeah, okay. original. Yeah. But uh, I think typically what happens with those kinds of songs is that there's a song lying on the floor that the record company doesn't know what to do with and they yeah. give it to a thousand young producers who remix it for free and then they choose ah. the one that everybody thinks is the best and then yeah. if you get lucky, you know, maybe you give it to a few sync licensing people and they put it on an ad and mm. then suddenly you get the you get that this weird thing happening where a remix of a song is released and you go, but I don't know either of these artists as original artists. What's going on here? <laughs> what is this cheer, cheerleader remix? But well, I don't well, know cheerleader original. Yeah, exactly. Don't worry about the original. It's never going to be released. Uh, and and when you hear it, you understand why. Uh, yeah. So that's a little bit of the history of how we got up to the sped up age that we live in. And I just also want to finish this by making the important point out there Guys, just make sure anybody out there making anything or consuming anything, don't make or consume anything original, please. <laughs> Whether it's film or music or television, mm. just make sure you don't give any of your attention to anything new uh, because you just want, I mean, me for me myself today, before I started the podcast to get myself in the mood I listened to a bunch of Spotify sped up playlists and then a bunch of Spotify classics slowed down yep. while I was watching the new Ninja Turtles movie on my phone <laughs> while I had Jumanji 12 on my computer and I was also <laughs> watching Transformers 42 Yeah, and I was eating a delicious cheeseburger that I had a friendly clown sell to me when I was a boy and I'm still <laughs> loving that delicious taste today. <laughs> <laughs> just remember your cre your creative juices are worth something. You don't just want to spend them on nothing. If there's a movie that you could watch a different version of, if there's a reboot or a sequel, uh, if there's a song that you might've heard, maybe you haven't heard it for years and you think, I wonder what that would sound like, uh, sped up. Well, give that a go before you, <laughs> before you go blundering into a new band or album. Uh, <laughs> I long for a time when everything gets sped up. So that just becomes the new baseline. And then eventually <laughs> there'll be a singularity point where people just want to hear a kind of second long blast to go with the sickeningly quick uh, reel that's being jammed into their frontal lobes. And that's the, <laughs> that's the point we're heading towards. 